welcome to HealthBeat. My name is Brian Hazelgren. I'm your host for this podcast, and this is your Healthy Habits Zone. This show is all about healthy living and general well-being. We love to discuss tips and trends to help you find true balance in your life. Think of this podcast as your source for achieving optimal health, wealth, and balance in your life. But before we go any further, I definitely want to thank our sponsors, rx to live our first sponsor, rx to live the prescription for life. We are not only the fastest growing medical services and well-being franchise on the planet, we are on a mission to positively affect one million lives. Also, I want to thank Heart Hill Marketing, who is your personal team of talented, dedicated, and highly skilled marketing professionals to help you build your brand. As always, I also want to thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Network Radio for the production and distribution of this podcast. Let's jump into today's topic today, which I think is kind of interesting and uh, something that is always needed whenever we have an opportunity to uh, talk with other people, interact with others. And I want to talk a little bit about the power of having a positive attitude. Now, we all know that it's, it's a whole lot more fun to hang around people who are positive versus those who are negative. We've all heard about how possessing a positive attitude is beneficial in many ways. And maybe one of those most important aspects of having a positive attitude is that it does actually resonate with others. And we like to uh, be around those people who are positive. I believe that most of us would prefer to be positive rather than negative. That's only a quick assumption, and I think it's pretty right. But, you know, research has, has, has shown us and has revealed that positive thinking is about much more than just being happy or even displaying an, uh, you know, an upbeat attitude. Positive thoughts can actually create real value in your life and can also help you build skills that, or skills, I'm sorry, skills that last much longer than just a simple smile. Now, I'm not saying that smiles are just simple. I'm just saying that positive thoughts can actually help you create real value in your life. So the impact of positive thinking in your work, your health, your life, it's been studied a lot by people who are a whole lot smarter than I am. And they've done the research and they've conducted many studies um, really that bring in a scientific foundation of how positive thinking can literally change things in your life for the better. One of those people is Barbara Fredrickson, and she was a positive psychology researcher at the University of North Carolina. She published a pretty interesting paper that I read many years ago and continue to read, and it really uh, provides a lot of good insights about positive thinking, and it actually shows how that positive thinking can impact your skills at work, at home, and interacting with others. You know, think about it this way. Let's say you're walking down, and suddenly a guy with a gun steps up in your path and points the gun at you demanding money. Well, your brain immediately registers a negative emotion. Well, in this case, it would be fear. Researchers have known for a long time that negative emotions program your brain to do a specific action. Like that criminal who crosses your path, hypothetically, as an example, your brain tells you to run. 
Nothing else in the world matters at that moment. You are focused entirely on the criminal with a gun, the fear that that incident may create, and how you can get away from it. What happens is that negative emotions narrow your mind and focus and your thoughts. At the same moment, you might have the op option to jump behind a garbage can or pick up an object or grab a stick, but your brain usually ignores all of those options because they seem irrelevant when a criminal is standing in front of you who's actually pointing a gun at you and you are obviously fearful at that point. Well, so this is obviously a useful instinct if you're trying to save your life, but in our society today, we don't usually have to worry about confronting criminals with guns in a dark alley because we probably wouldn't go down the dark alley in the first place. The problem is that your brain is still programmed to respond to negative emotions in the same way by shutting off the outside world and limiting the options you see around you. Let me say that one more time. The problem is that your brain responds to those negative emotions usually in the same way by shutting off the outside world and limiting the options you see around you. For example, when you're in a fight with someone, your anger and emotion might consume you to the point where you can't think about anything else. Or when you're stressed out about everything you have to get done that day, or even today, as you're listening to this, you might even find it hard to actually start anything else because you're paralyzed on how long your to-do list has become. Uh, I get that a lot with uh, work, with, even at home, with my honey-do list things that need to be done around the house. Or if you feel uh, bad about not exercising or not eating, eating healthy or all really that you can think about is how little willpower you have. Maybe you're thinking about you're lazy and how you don't have any motivation. So those are all negative thoughts. Hopefully they move you into the right direction. However, the point is back to what I said earlier, you shut off the outside world with negative thoughts and emotions, and you limit the options that are around you. So in case your brain closes off uh, from the outside world and focuses on the negative emotions of fear and anger and stress, just like it did with that criminal pointing a gun at you in our hypothetical example, negative emotions prevent your brain from seeing the other options and choices that are literally surrounding you all day long. It's basically our survival instinct. So we get that. But let's talk a little bit about what positive thoughts can do to your brain. Barbara Fredrickson tested the impact of uh, a lot of different positive emotions on the brain by setting up a very simple uh, experiment. And during this experiment, she divided her research subjects into five different groups and then showed each group different film clips. Here's how it went. The first two groups were shown clips that created positive emotions. Group one saw images that created feelings of joy. So group one is feelings of joy. Group two saw images that created feelings of contentment. Group three was the control group. They saw images that were neutral and produced no significant emotion. And then the last two groups were shown clips that created negative emotions. Group four saw images that created feelings of fear. Group five saw images that created feelings of anger. So here's our groups again. 
Group one, feelings of joy. Group two, feelings of contentment. Group three, they were basically neutral and produced no significant emotion that the images that they saw. Group four were feelings of fear, and group five were feelings of anger. Now, after the testing was complete, each one of the uh, participants was asked to imagine themselves in a situation where similar feelings would arise and for them to basically write down what they would do or how they would respond. Then each participant was handed a piece of paper with blank lines that started with the phrase, I would like to. Then they had to fill in what the blank would be. Participants who saw images of fear and anger wrote down the fewest responses. That's interesting. So in the meantime, the participants who saw image of joy and contentment, they wrote down a significantly higher number of actions that they would take even when compared to the neutral group. So again, what they were all asked to do is fill in the blanks, uh, or fill in the blank. I would like to, and then they filled in the blanks. So those individuals who had the positive images wrote down a lot more, a lot more uh, uh, different actions that they would take. So in other words, when you're experiencing positive emotions like joy, contentment, love, you will see more possibilities in your life. So these findings were among the first that were ever proved uh, by science that positive emotions broaden your sense of possibility and open your mind up to more options. So again, if you're experiencing positive emotions like joy, love, contentment, you will see more possibilities in your life. So let's talk a little bit about how positive thinking can build your skill set. The benefits of positive emotions don't stop after a few minutes of good feelings that you may have. In fact, the biggest benefit that positive emotions provide is, is an enhanced ability to build skills and develop resources for use later in life. I've noticed that with my own life. You have a positive experience, you hone in on what that positive experience was, and you can utilize those emotions later on at work, at home, at play, wherever that may be. You can literally build skills and develop resources that you can use later in life. So here's a, here's a, here's another, here's a real world example. Let's look at it that way. A child who runs around outside, swinging on branches and playing with friends, develops the ability to move athletically. Basically, those are physical skills. The ability to play with others and communicate with a team, now that becomes your social skills. And the ability to explore and examine the world around them, those are the creative skills. And I think about when I had the privilege and honor and growing up in my family and with my sisters and my wonderful parents, friends that I had in my neighborhood, that was, we had those opportunities to develop our athletic skills, develop our social skills and develop our creative skills. So in, in this way, the positive emotions of play and joy, they can prompt the child to build skills that are useful and valuable in everyday life. And I feel sorry for any child who grows up who doesn't have those three things because they absolutely benefited my life and continue to do so. Well, these skills uh, last a lot longer than the emotions that initiated those good feelings. Years later, that foundation of athletic movement or physical skills 
might develop into a scholarship as a college athlete for community or even on the communication side may blossom into a job offer that would be very beneficial for you and for your future family. The happiness that promoted the exploration and creation of new skills has long since ended. I mean, they have with me, but the skills themselves carry on for many, many years to come. Barbara Fredrickson refers to this in her studies as the broaden and build theory. Because basically what she pointed out is that positive emotions broaden your sense of possibilities and open your mind, which in turn allows you to build new skills and resources that can provide value in other areas of your life. So I think that, uh, you know, now if we were to pull this back a little bit further, probably have to start understanding and how to appreciate the big picture of life, but how do you actually get yourself to be positive or at least to think positively? Let's talk about that for just a minute. I think that's an important element that we should probably discuss. What can you do to increase positive emotions and take advantage of the, of the broaden and build theory that Barbara Fredrickson came up with and do that in your own life? Honestly, I think anything that sparks a feeling of joy or contentment and love that will do the trick, but you will know what things will work for you. And maybe it's doing a quick workout. Maybe it's doing uh, have, uh, whether it's high intensity or low intensity workout. Maybe it's playing the piano. It might even be spending time with a certain person. Maybe it's doing scrapbooking. Uh, could be in being involved outside and doing some gardening. Whatever that area is that creates a positive emotion it bring, and that brings a feeling of joy and contentment, this will increase your energy and can also help you be more focused on that activity. So here's three ideas to consider. Um, and these three ideas I pointed out in my book that I wrote in 2017. This, the book is called Healthy Habits of Highly Productive Employees, Thriving in Health, Wealth, and Self. You can actually uh, receive a copy of that book. Uh, on my website at brianhazelgrin.com. But I wanted to point out these three areas because they're kind of important. The first area is for you to consider to uh, increase your level of positive thinking is meditation. And the reason why I bring this up is because uh, a lot of people, not just Barbara Fred Fredrickson, but other scientists and researchers have revealed that people who meditate daily display more positive emotions than those who do not. Now, that one was hard for me to wrap my mind around because I'm, I'm always a go, 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 get things done type of a person. It's hard for me to sit and relax and meditate. But, man, does it make a difference. So, as expected, people who meditated also build valuable long-term skills. For example, three months after the experiment was over, the people who meditated daily continue to display increased mindfulness, purpose in life, social support, and they actually decreased their chronic illnesses and their symptoms. Now, really, you can do this and just take 10 minutes out of your day. Spend some time meditating, thinking about positive things in your life, things that are going on in your life that are positive, things that have gone well for you in your life. Think about those areas and things that you would like to see happen in your life that are positive. Spend some time just closing your eyes, breathing, 
and thinking about positive things. So that's the first one, meditation. The second one is writing. I put this in here because uh, a lot of friends of mine actually <laughs> crack up sometimes when they learn that I've written 14 books. Uh, some of my old uh, high school friends and college friends look at me like, well, where did that come from? Honestly, I don't know where it came in, but it kicked in later in life, and uh, I love to write. An article that was published in the Journal of Research in Personality, Journal of Research in Personality, they examined a group of 90 undergraduate students who were split into two separate groups. The first group wrote about an intensely positive experience each day for three consecutive day, uh, days. The second group then wrote about a control topic. Okay, now fast forward three months later. The students who wrote about positive experiences had better mood levels, had fewer visits to the health center or to their physician, and experienced far less fewer incidences with illness. So they decreased their illnesses. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. Better health after just three days of writing down positive things that you have had happen in your life or that you would like to see happen in your life. Okay, that's, that's pretty positive research. So the second one is writing. First one is meditation, second one is writing. Here's the third one, play. Spend time playing. Schedule some time to play in your life. We always schedule meetings and conference calls and webinars and travel and weekly events and trade shows and taking the kids to soccer and whatever it may be. We keep scheduling all these different meetings and other responsibilities that we have in our daily calendars, but why not schedule some time to play and take some time off of that treadmill of the world, as we like to say, that uh, doesn't seem to end. Just take some time and think about how you can play and have some fun. Be honest and ask yourself, when was the last time you blocked out an hour on your calendar? Yes, I said an hour an hour on your calendar just to explore and experiment. When was the last time you intentionally carved out some time to have a little fun? So you can't, none of you can tell me that being happy is less important than your Wednesday meeting or uh, as we like to say that we've uh, never given it time and space to put it in our calendars. You can't tell me that being happy is less important than that meeting, that conference call, that webinar, that travel schedule, because I'm not going to believe you. <laughs> it's uh, Happiness doesn't have a time frame on it. It's not an obligation that has a time frame on it. And honestly, myself, I get very tired of schedules and deadlines and needing to respond to someone else's text or phone call or email because it always requires that immediate attention and that immediate world we live in. Hey, if it's not life-threatening or uh, if it's not going to create some kind of a disaster, if you don't get back to them right away, then let it wait. Spend some more time playing. I think that's important. Give yourself permission to smile and enjoy the benefits of positive feelings and having a positive reaction and positive emotions. Schedule time for play and adventure so that you can experience contentment and joy and explore some ways to build some new skills. There's no doubt that uh, happiness obviously can be the result of achievement. So let's talk about happiness versus success 
which actually comes first and which one do you focus more on? I think winning a championship, landing a better job, finding someone you love, finalizing and completing a project. These things can bring joy and contentment into your life. But so often we wrongly assume that this means happiness always follows success. And in many cases, nothing could be further from the truth. I know, <laughs> I know a lot of very successful business people. I know a lot of millionaires who are very miserable. So uh, happiness doesn't always follow success or what we view as success. So I want you to ask yourself this question. How often have you thought, if I just get blank, whatever blank is, if I just get blank, then I'll be set. Or maybe you've maybe asked yourself, you've asked, asked yourself this question. Once I achieve blank, I know I'll be satisfied. I've done that before in my own life. And uh, I've, I've got to confess that I've got to be the first one to stand up and say I'm guilty of putting off happiness until I achieve some goal that I've established in my own mind. But it, let's get back to Barbara Fredrickson's broaden and build theory because it proves that happiness is essential to building the skills that follow success. In my book, Healthy Habits of Highly Productive Employees, I wrote uh, just a simple couple of simple phrases here. When people are happy, they develop new skills. Those skills lead to new success, which results in more happiness, and the process then repeats itself. So, in other words, happiness is both the precursor to success and the result of it. So, in fact, researchers have uh, also noticed that there's a compounding effect or what they called an upward spiral that occurs with happy people. They're happy, so they develop new skills. Those skills lead to new success, which then leads to more happiness. And then the process just repeats itself. So I don't know about you all, but I am actually going to keep my, doing my best to change my ways and celebrate the small wins as well. All right, so let's talk to, for a moment about moments of happiness and how they're also critical for opening up your mind to explore and build some new skills that become so valuable to you later on in other areas of your life. Finding ways to build happiness and positive emotions into your life, whether it's through meditation, writing, doing a short workout, um, reading a book, playing a, a pickup basketball game, going on a hike or a walk, anything else. Uh, each of these activities provide more than just a momentary de decrease in stress and add a few smiles. So if you want a glimpse of what your life could look like in the future, your past experiences can play a positive role. Even if they were negative experiences, they can still play a positive role in your future moods and your decisions. Periods of positive emotions and really unbridled exploration or when you see the possibilities for how your past experiences can fit into your future life. This is where you begin to develop skills that develop into useful talents that you can use later on. This is also when you spark the uh, urge for further adventure and further exploration. So don't worry if your life has been filled with negative experience, uh, experiences from the past. You can still change that around. You can mold a better future for yourself. And you can take the negative and turn it into a positive. It's kind of like when someone gives you lemons, then turn them into lemonade. You've all heard of that before. 
Uh, I wrote up another little phrase that I put in another book, a uh, tactical entrepreneur that I wrote many years ago. If someone gives you manure, then turn it into fertilizer and grow something of value. So anyway, here's a simple and powerful way to carve out a scenario where your future can be positively effect, uh, affected that I feel. You can seek joy, play often, pursue adventure. Trust me, your brain will do the rest. If you focus on those three things, where your future can be positively effective, seek joy, play often, and pursue adventure. Your brain will pick it up from there and it will definitely do the rest. So when you wanna keep a positive attitude, you'll actually need to start forming some good habits to help you stay in a positive mood. You don't, it's not just you flip a switch and you're going to be positive. Um, there are some other scientific backed ways to stick to good habits and honestly stop procrastinating. There's actually a simple three-step formula that was established uh, from, let me see who established this. It's called the three R's of habit change. The three R's of habit change, uh, James Clear. James Clear developed this. So these are, these are his uh, three-step, this is his three-step formula that you'll want to take note of. Again, I wrote about this in my book, Healthy Habits of Highly Productive Employees. You can pick it up uh, online or uh, we can send you a copy if you'd like, uh, if you'd like it autographed, we can do that too. Here's the first one, the three R's of habit change. Reminder, the trigger that initiates the behavior. Number two is routine, the behavior itself, the action you take. And number three is reward, the benefit you gain from doing the behavior. So reminder, routine, reward. This, according to James Clear, helps reduce stress. And he said that negativity leads to stress because it convinces you that the events around you are bad. Meanwhile, looking for the positives in a situation convinces you that the events around you are better, which reduce stress. Obviously, lower stress has a strong effect on personal health and healthcare costs. So it's, it's a goal of mine to keep thinking positive thoughts, keep thinking about how I can develop my own positive attitude. And if you think about some of the benefits of a positive attitude, I'm just going to list a few of them. Uh, your career success, positive people get promoted and get raises not just because of their work, but because they bring out the best in others. Stress reduction, this is the primary goal, isn't it? Negativity leads to stress because it convinces you that the events around you are bad. So let's reduce our stress because it can have a strong effect on personal health and our healthcare costs. Team improvement is the next one. The more positive you are, the better your interactions will be with the people around you, and they'll notice that. Think simply of how you react in comparison to the people around you. That's a good little experiment for you to jump into. The same general themes are true with regards to how people interact with you. The next one is customer relations improvements. The same idea is true with your customers. The more positive you are with your customers, the better your relationship with them will be and the more business you'll develop with them. And the last one I wanted to mention here is motivational improvement. This is perhaps the more difficult one to achieve. Um, but obviously we want our people to be motivated to show up to work, put in a good productive day, and then even look um, at your own work with a positive attitude because it's much easier to actually do the work 
than if you apply a negative attitude towards it. Just jump in and get it done. So there's a lot that we could still cover. Five last things that I'd like to share with you today as we round up our discussion on developing a positive attitude. Come up with a positive response to every situation you meet. That's number one. Number two, look for the good in other people. Number three, act happy. Even if it's, even if it's painted on, <laughs> sometimes you have to fake it until you make it or fake it and smile. That's the third one. The fourth one is lose the negative talk and sarcasm. I realize that sometimes we just need to vent, but lose the sarcasm is, is a number four because you don't always need to ridicule the things that you don't like or you may not agree with. Number five, get plenty of rest and eat a good diet. Hey, I'm one that's always on the road pretty much every week, and that's, that's a difficult thing to do, getting plenty of rest and a good diet. But um, we all need to do that. We need to strive for that. It will definitely help elevate our mood when we get enough rest and we have a healthy diet. So basically, just to round this up, you have everything to gain and absolutely nothing to lose by adding a little more positivity in your life. It may take some time, but if you can start working on these habits of thinking positively and giving it a try, your mind, your body, and your soul will thank you for it. In fact, I want to just, uh, I would like to just say one more thing from a very um, important uh, coach in my life as I was growing up, Coach Lavelle Edwards said, skill and talent will take you far in life, but a positive attitude will take you further in life than skill and talent ever will. I believe that with all my heart and soul. And I hope that you'll uh, definitely strive to have a more positive attitude as you move forward. I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to listen to this little podcast about being positive. Again, my name is Brian Hazelgren, and this has been Health Beat, your healthy habits zone. Again, we'd like to thank Heroes Media Group and C-Suite Network for the production and distribution of this podcast. If you'd like to know more information about me or about uh, some of my businesses, you can always visit brianhazelgren.com. You'll see some of our companies there, some of the things that we're working on, um, and obviously some of my books. But uh, again, I want to say thank you to, uh, for you to taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm Brian Hazelgren signing off for now. Thanks and make it a great day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.